Hello, welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. We are so glad you are joining us today. So put down that burrito from Rancheritos and Draper and sit back and relax. I am your host, Hemahe Mooley Jr. And joining me as always on the ones and twos, the local lovable Canuck himself, Zach Hicken. <laughs> Emma, I, uh, you know, I have to admit, I was going to go to Rancheritos for dinner today. <laughs> 100% had plans. Yeah. To go to Rancheritos for dinner. It's kind of like a Sunday tradition for you and I. True. Before we record Sports Beat After Hours, we go and get ourselves uh, either some, uh, uh, what do you, what is it that you get? The, not the fries. Oh, I, I get the carne asada fries, but instead of carne asada, I put al pastor Yeah, on so it. you get the pastor fries. I get a breakfast burrito. We end up getting sick. Um, we can barely speak afterwards. <laughs> we want to die. And, uh, yeah, like half the time we get food poisoning, but you know what? We still keep going back because it is delicious. We love it. We are addicts. Um, and at least the one we go to is piss free (laughs) (laughs) to this point that we know of so far. Um, so, so far, so good. Zach, we are getting closer and closer to Christmas time. Football season is almost over. Dude, we got three more football games left this season. Well, Sorry well, for the FBS teams. Hopefully, Weber State has two more games true. left. Uh, Weber State's playing in the semifinal uh, against James Madison on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, farthest that they've ever made it in the FCS playoffs. So big ups to the Wildcats. They're great, 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 great. Um, but uh, you know, we got some other purple teams that are playing really well. The Utah Jazz, a two and one this week. Um, three and one over the last four. That's after went after losing uh, five of six games mm-hmm. after just a horrible, horrible, horrible road trip. And you know what? Luckily for the Jazz, things are starting to ease up. Yeah, that was quite the gauntlet that they had to go through, and we knew it was going to be tough. Yeah, um, I expected a two and three road trip. We got one and four, and you know people hit the panic meter because they played really well against Milwaukee, mm-hmm. which Milwaukee is. The depending on who you ask, yeah, they're either the first or second best team in the league. Right, they probably have the best player in the league for sure. And the Jazz lose a hard fought contest at right down to the buzzer um, on the road, and then they have to. It's just a draining game. They're drained for the next four games. Mm-hmm. They never recover. They play a back to back in Toronto and then in Philadelphia. People are saying, you know, a back to back's not hard. A back to back's hard. When you are going from Toronto, you have to go through customs. Oh yeah, all that stuff. It makes it a hu- way bigger hassle, and then you're playing a game twenty four hours later. Yeah, you know, and then they had to come back and then play Los Angeles the at home. Twenty two, twenty three, twenty two and three. Yeah, yeah. They're the Lakers. I'm not gonna lie, they're a lot better than we thought they were gonna be. Oh, for sure. At the beginning of the season. Um, and the thing too. I always consider the first game that you come back from a road trip another road game. Sure. Because like you're still getting accustomed, you're still traveling like the day before, two days mm-hmm. before, unless you get a two day break. So, you know, the Jazz finally settle in, they get that win against Memphis. Um, then they lose to Oklahoma City. This is the game that was really disappointing for me. Yeah. You get blown up by Memphis or excuse me, Oklahoma City. Just nobody shows up. The yeah. shooting's bad. The ball movement's stagnant. Chris Paul, like, 
put on one of the nastiest moves on Rudy Gobert I've ever oh seen. My like goodness. He, he did the TJ Haas behind the back. He looked Rudy looked foolish. Yeah, and people were like, "Oh, this is the two-time reigning defensive player of the year getting yeah. shown up by You're a like, six-foot guard." Shut up. It's Chris Paul. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. And yeah, so that after that awful performance, it looked dire for the Jazz. Yeah, they're 13-11. Um, um just two, only two games above 500 where mm-hmm. You know, they went into that road trip 11 and 6. Oh, excuse me, 11 and 5. Yeah. They had won um, three straight entering that road trip. Like, you know, people were hoping for a two and three road trip. Um, they lose that game to Indiana. They let one slip against Milwaukee. Um, you know, if they get that win against Milwaukee, maybe they get the win against Indiana the next night and then they still beat Memphis, you know? Yeah. Um, you just, you don't know how those things shape up. I don't think they would have beat. Toronto or Philadelphia. They got down by nah. 40 against Toronto, and the Philadelphia just blew them out. I don't think that they're going to beat the Lakers at any point this season. No way. Lakers are just too good, but you know what? They, they're they winning games that they're supposed to win for the most part, especially at home. Yes. Um, and luckily for them, they have another home game coming up. On Tuesday, they're playing the Orlando Magic. Uh, I'll be there. Um, nice. Tuesday's normally my day off, but we had to switch some things around for because of the bowl schedule. Some yeah. people are traveling. Matt Clade going down to uh, Frisco to go hang out with the Aggies on Thursday. That's usually his day off, so we just swap days. And um, I'll get to check out that game on Tuesday. It's a it's just it's a should win game. It's a should win game. Um, and then the Jazz hit a three game road swing, and they should go two and one on this road trip. Let me tell you why. Atlanta Hawks, they only have five wins. Yeah, they're awful. Charlotte only has uh, 12 wins. They're 12 and 17. They're five games under 500. And yep. then they play at Miami. I'm expecting that Who's to be a really loss. Um, you know, it is coming off a of two days rest, but uh, Miami's 19 and 7. Jimmy Butler's kind of completely changed um, like the entire perception mm-hmm. of this team because I just never really thought that they were. I always thought that they. They always underperformed. True. Especially and, being in the Eastern Conference. And, like, we always thought that Jimmy Butler was a cancer. Like, he he wouldn't mesh well with whatever team he was on. But Yeah. But, you know, we're wrong. They're great. And if the Jazz do get a win, that'd be awesome. Three oh, absolutely. I mean, so trip. Miami's second in the Eastern Conference standings, just behind Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, they're ahead of Philadelphia and Boston. So, and Toronto. That's... That's four pretty, pretty notable tough. teams. And, and let me just tell you why it would be really great. Like, not only would it be a good win because the Heat are good, but after that, the Jazz come back home to face the Trailblazers. Which yeah, and the is, Trailblazers aren't good this year. Yeah, but still, like, they still have one of the best, you know, guards in the league. And They do. It's With this Jazz team this season, it's like you need momentum where you can get it. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Hopefully, Mike Conley will be back this week. Uh, yeah, this next yeah, game. he gave an update saying that he's expecting to hopefully be back Tuesday. We'll see. Um, I think they're just kind of being cautious with him. I mean, when you're sure. paying a guy thirty-one, thirty-two million dollars a year, yeah, you don't want to risk anything. I don't blame them. Um, especially, he does have an injury history. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't want anything that lingers. Like hamstrings just yeah. last a long time. You know. True. Um, and even though, you know, they were just saying that it's tweaked or it's strained or whatever the verbiage that they're using, just be careful with it because you saw what happened when Rodney Hood got rushed back by the medical training staff. He oh tore his goodness. Achilles tendon, you know? Insane. It was something that to- could have totally been prevented. Yeah. 
And so, you know, with an older guard, you want to protect him, especially with the money that you're investing, what you gave up to get him. Mm-hmm. Um, just be cautious because, you know what, they don't need him. Honestly, they don't need him. <laughs> I'm looking at the schedule. <laughs> they don't need him back until February, man. Yeah. Maybe the end of January, like January 25th. Like, let me reel off some of these games that they got coming up, okay? So after that three-game road trip, like you said, they come back and play Portland. Okay, they play the Clippers on the road Saturday, December 28th. Okay. Probably a loss. They come back home and play Detroit. Then they go on another three-game road swing, Chicago, Orlando, New Orleans. Okay. Three wins, most likely. Right. Then they play the Knicks at home, Charlotte at home, Washington at home, Brooklyn at um, excuse me, Washington on the road, Brooklyn on the road, New Orleans on the road again, Sacramento at home, Indiana at home, at Golden State, um, and then that January 25th game um, against the Dallas Mavericks at home. That's and then two days later, they play the Rockets at home. So, right. um, so end of January is when we'll probably need a match. I count two losses. In that stretch. Like guaranteed... Yeah. Write it in losses in that stretch. Like, you know, I, I'm thinking they probably lose to LA for sure. Yeah. Um, and then maybe just weirdly lose to like drop one against Pacers. Brooklyn or something <laughs> yeah. or the Pacers. Right. So maybe at most three. Um, that's a good stretch. Like, I just did that's the math. Bad. Jazz are still on, on track to win 55 to 56 games. They're on track to win 55 and a half. I prefer to round up. I'm an yeah. optimist. Uh, I'm a glass half full guy. <laughs> I like it. And so I think that, you know, despite the slow start, they're beating the teams that they're supposed to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, they've stolen a couple games that they weren't supposed to. Mm-hmm. They do have a couple bad losses. You know, that Memphis loss sucked. The Sacramento loss sucked. But, you know, they made up for it with wins at home against Philadelphia and Milwaukee. They yeah. split. With two of the best teams in the Eastern Conference Mm -hmm. this year. You know, you win the home games and you expect to lose the road games, you know? Um, And yeah, it's... Despite how disappointing that they've been, you know, people are kind of hitting the panic button on them. I think they're okay. Donovan's taking a a step forward this year. Bojan's been awesome. Um, Royce O'Neal's taking a big step. Royce O'Neal's taking a big step. Um, It's just getting consistent play out of the bet out of the bench yeah. unit, you know and not seeing Moutier as much I you Solo. know I've liked him the last couple of games <laughs> I'll say that I've liked okay. him the last couple of games um he's passing yes he's finally passing driving and like, kicking yes like, driving and kicking yeah. so he's driving and kicking I like it Emmanuel <laughs> has learned a thing or two while he's been able to uh get some practice time under his belt For so reals. um yeah, it's been good. Uh, I, I'm i excited to see what the Jazz have in store. There's a lot of good basketball that's going to be played sure. this year in the state. And mm-hmm. I'm not just talking about the Jazz. I think that um, a lot of the college basketball teams around here are kind of so set for good seasons. Like yeah. Utah State, um, I know a lot of people are really upset over this BYU loss. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't blame you, Aggie fans. Like... Eight in a row, like it sucks losing to your rival, but BYU needed that win against Utah State more than Utah State did because Utah State, you know, the Mountain West is more than likely a two-bid league. Mm -hmm. Probably San Diego State and Utah State will Mm -hmm. both get trips. I I think that just seeing San Diego State and Utah State both play 
mutual opponent in BYU, I think Utah State's a better team. And yes, I know Utah State lost and San Diego State won. San Diego State faced BYU without Yoli. Yes. BYU was honestly in control of that game, and they just kind of collapsed. They struggle on defense. They're playing defense much better. They're getting mm-hmm. back in transition D. After that Utah loss, this team's just kind of... They kind of woke up. They've kind of woke up a little bit. They're playing a lot better on defense. They held two teams, consecutive Mountain West opponents, under 50 points, mm-hmm. and then they had a really good showing against Utah State. So, um, And, and I, I also think that Aggie fans shouldn't panic because, I mean, these past two games... Kata has been bad, but he's just getting back. In he's just working his way back. And peak Kata is a dangerous, a dangerous weapon, especially on a team with Sam Merrill. I mean, Justin Bean's been playing out of his mind yeah. without Kata. So yeah. imagine what those two will be like on the floor. Yeah, like those guys pulling down rebounds. Like I don't know mm-hmm. how another opponent will ever get another rebound ever yeah. against the Aggies. You know, and, and against BYU, I heard this, and I I didn't know this. Utah State's like one of the longest teams in the nation. Like that's yeah. insane. Yeah. And so just chill. Like don't panic yet. And stay updated by listening to Matt Glade on the Scotsman podcast because yes. he has all the ins and outs of Utah State uh basketball. So um Yeah, so Utah State, you know, we we talked about them a lot last year cuz they went dancing and they were really good and mm-hmm. um but you know who's underrated really good? I think Utah yeah, we talked about this a young, lot. Young young team. I mean, yeah, it's been it's been a pleasure to watch so far. Yeah, they're fun to watch. They have a big week coming up. This is mm-hmm. probably the toughest stretch that they'll face so far. They play San Diego State and Kentucky, um two top 25 teams. Mm-hmm. Um you know, if they could split this, I th- That'd be big. I think they could get San Diego State, man. Like yeah. people are like doubting me when I'm saying this like I believe in this Utah team because Sure. Um, they faced a lot of adversity this season, mm-hmm. and like these freshmen have, like I already feel like they played a full season's worth yes. of like experience just in like this preseason that they've played. They've seen everything. They've had, <coughs> they've started out games super hot, and then had an opponent you know climb back into it, but still had to yeah. fight and get the win. That game against Minnesota, they had um, the. Uh, Against BYU, you know, a huge deficit, like 16 points. They came back yeah. and won. Um, they've let, let me let me talk about yeah, one yeah. thing just from that game. It's like you you and I stand like Rylan Jones. We think he's a great, a oh, great yeah. player. Um, the one thing from BYU that I took away is that he like learned really quickly. Like he missed that layup or whatever. Oh, no. It was a free throw. The layup. It was a layup? Yeah. Okay. He missed the layup, but then actually goes back the next time down the court. And gets that jumper, yeah, um, to put them back in the game. And it's like for a freshman to like l- lose a big bucket, and then on the next trip down the court to make a big bucket. That's a huge, a huge uh, experience builder. Yeah, right he there. kept his head up, man. Yeah, so I'm excited. Big things with this team for yeah. sure. Yeah, and the thing that kind of sucks for Utah is like this week's going to be tough. So they got Kentucky on Wednesday, uh, San Diego State on Saturday. Oregon State, um, so they basically take like a two-week break, yeah. <laughs> and then they start conference play, and they play Oregon State, who's 8-1 and one at this point, uh-huh. um, and then they play number 10, Oregon, number 24, Colorado, number 15, Arizona. Jeez. So it's a, quite a way to yeah. open up your, uh, your conference, conference slate, but um, I think that they 
like I said, I think that this Utah team has a lot of potential. Um, people keep thinking I'm crazy, but I wouldn't be surprised if they made some noise in the Pac-12 tournament. And maybe mm-hmm. um, I feel like they have a strong enough resume to maybe get an at-large seed if they don't get an auto bid. You know, mm-hmm. um, that win over BYU was really good. The win over Minnesota is good. The win against Nevada on the road is really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um like yeah, anytime that you can beat any other power five team that's coming to your gym, mm-hmm. the way that they beat Minnesota, um opening up yeah, against Nevada on the road. Nevada is um coming off of uh, uh a birth to the NCAA tournament. They're seven and four at this point. Um and then they beat BYU at home, which you know, that was a game that they needed to take care of it to make a case for them being a tournament team. So mm-hmm. um, if they can play strong throughout their conference play, you know, I think that they might get a shot. Um, BYU and Utah State currently are both projected to make the NCAA tournament. And then we have Southern Utah just killing it down in the... Just like, killing it. They, what they've done so far with this program, the turnaround that they've had is just amazing. Yeah. Um, it's really impressive, and it's really cool to see because um, it's not something I would have ever no expected honestly. out of Cedar City. No, and it's not like it's not like you know, like Weber State obviously is closer to us, so we hear a lot about them. Well, but and they, they just also, have the history too. The history, exactly. And it's like SUU. Oh, dang! Like, um, so we tune in, and like they're actually fun to watch, and they're they're doing a lot of cool things, and. Um, yeah, it's exciting to see what happens with them as well. Um, and then BYU, obviously we're, I don't know. Are we hopping back onto that BYU train? Are we getting back into the dude? I'm on the, I'm on the, the, uh, I'm on the Mark Pope bandwagon, baby. Yes. This Mark Pope, man. Let me tell you what, this Mark Pope, (laughs) this guy's a stud, man. This BYU team, man. This BYU team. They're impressive. Um, you know what? (laughs) I, I feel like the talent's always been in there. Sure. Dave Rose always recruited really, really well. Um, but for some reason, there just wasn't development. I feel like we're starting to see development. I think we're starting to see some confidence. Um, we're seeing team basketball. Yeah. A lot of passing. They got the blender going. Mm-hmm. They're playing really good defense. Um, I feel like they have a lot of guys who are really coachable. And they just have a a ton of guys that have like a ton of fire like What's funny about like a guy like Jake Toulson and Yoli Childs, like those are, are that's a great one two punch. And then yeah. TJ Haas is your third option, mm-hmm. man. And they're still missing their second best player. Like Gavin Baxter is out for the season. Yep. Like they would be a really dangerous team in the WCC if Gavin Baxter was even playing because that adds all the length that they need yeah. to compete, you know? Um, but it, it's really just for me, it's good to see consistent. Uh, consistency is not really the right word. It's like stability. Yeah. Right? With Mark Pope, I have a sense of stability with this team. Yeah. Where you uh, didn't know what you were getting with a Dave Rose team. Yeah. You didn't know what team was showing up, and I feel like, like you said, there's stability and consistency. Um, they have an identity. I mm-hmm. like. I feel like, you know, BYU's identity before was run and gun, but it yeah. wasn't consistent. There weren't consistent results. Mm-hmm. There were always the weird games that they dropped against Pepperdine or San Diego mm-hmm. or Portland or Pacific or whatever. I don't think yeah. I mean and this is maybe just me being over optimistic and putting on blue goggles and <laughs> refusing to take them off, but I 
I don't know how um, BYU would go through their conference slate and lose to anyone who isn't St. Mary's yeah. or Gonzaga. And I could even see them splitting with St. Mary's, you know? Yeah. If they split with St. Mary's or even sweep St. Mary's in the regular season and then make it to the conference final, they're getting an at-large bid. Yeah. You know, they'll be a top 10 seed probably. And it's like, like in you the, said. In the tournament. Like the BYU of last year, where they would learn, they would beat Gonzaga, but then lose to Pepperdine. Like, yeah, it's just with the way they've been playing lately, especially after that Utah loss. It's like, oh man, these guys could actually make a run. Yeah, pre- this preseason. Well, or whatever. one thing I was gonna say, just like observing like the temperament of this team, like mm-hmm. they're really fiery guys, but they're cool, calm, collected. Yeah. Like, they're bougie, you know? <laughs> like, like Jake Toulson is going to go hit a shot, and then he knows, like, he needs to get back on his defensive assignment and uh-huh. not get lost, because if he doesn't, right. you know, he's directing traffic and telling people where they need to go and staying calm and level-headed, and that's yeah. what you need out of a guy like Jake Toulson, who is a reigning conference player of the year mm-hmm. as a transfer um, and, and as a grad senior, you know? That's what you need out of Yoli Childs, you know? Yes. If he's going to... Get a big nasty dunk. He doesn't need to be coming back down the court. Yeah, yeah, pounding his chest, celebrating. He's got to be directing the front court and telling people where they need to go. And that's something that's really impressed me with this team. Is um, you know, I I feel like Barcelo's like the the fire up like hype guy. Yeah, but like that's just like his level that he's always playing at. Like he's always playing at one hundred, and that's how he stays locked in. But like Jake Toulson is just like. Like he's a cool cat, man. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's like got the silky smooth stroke. He's yeah. cool under pressure. Like just the way he runs up and down the court is just yeah, cruising. Like, dude, he like, won't even crack a smile. Like he doesn't yeah. even crack a smile. And it's just he's just focused. You know, he's like the Terminator. Yeah, I like it. You know, like man, he's. I've been really impressed with Jake Toulson. Sometimes I feel like he passes up his shot a little bit too mm-hmm. often. But mm-hmm. you know what, like. He knows the times that he needs to take over, and yep. he does, and he does a really good job of it. And he has a lot of moves. He can shoot the three. He can back people down. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a nice like turnaround uh, jump shot. Right. Um, yeah, he's and also like I he's would, been really good. I would prefer him to like look for the extra pass than to like be stone cold like dead. And I'd rather and have shots. all these guys go for the yeah. extra pass because they're passing guys open and it's opening up the court. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that we haven't really seen BYU have the court open since the Jimmer days. And, um, you know, it's like their their spacing's closer to like a uh, a professional team than it is for like a college team. Mm-hmm. Typically, they can have five guys at any time that can play outside of the arc depending on what lineup they're playing with and still battle on the defensive end and rebound mm-hmm. and, you know, fight on the glass, which is really impressive because yeah. you don't see that a lot at the college level. Yeah. And especially, yeah, they were very physical against Utah State, and that was just really nice to see. Yeah. Um, cool. Not only do we have college hoops this year, high school hoops actually looks pretty good. Dude, Dallin Hall. Dallin Hall! That's my guy! Insane. I believe in Dallin Hall. I stand Dallin Hall. It feels weird talking about an 18, 17-year-old yeah. kid this way, but man, that kid's a stud. If you saw um, his dunk against Bingham, you would... Stan Dallin Hall as well. What's funny about this is he's in hiding, actually, because he murdered a man. <laughs> he's laying low someone, for a while. Someone died. Yeah, someone when died when he dunked on him. Yeah. Uh, no, this guy's an assassin, and um, 
You know, he's got two in-state teams fighting for him right now. Utah State and BYU are the two teams that are really, really trying to get his services, you know. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. He's out of Fremont. Guys, if he is playing at a gym near you, if you were in Utah and he's playing at a gym near you, go watch Dallin Go watch him. He is amazing. Yeah. He is he's one of my favorite high school players to watch over the last few years. Like For sure. Um he's really, really fun to watch. Like, and like BYU and Utah are like courting him pretty hard. But it, yeah. I just saw he just went on a OV to Oregon State. Yeah. So that's that's the kind of caliber of player we have here. Yeah. Um but yeah, if you you'll have there's a lot of games left. Go check them out. If they're in your neighborhood, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, you know what? We're going to take a break real quick. Uh, but, you know, when we come back, we got a big week coming up this week. Not just with sports, but the movie event Ugh. of the year. Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker is coming out Thursday night. Like 7 o'clock is like when the first showing start. Pretty yeah. cool stuff. But, um, you know, we have put together a little list of... What local sports figures are comparative or draw comparisons are very similar to some of the stars of the Star Wars franchise. And you know what? We're going to tell you why certain people are on the dark side when we come back. Come back, we will. We're back, and uh, we have our list of Utah sports figures and their... Their comps. Their comps. I just don't know what word. I feel like it gets too wordy when you start using like comparison, comparative. Right, right. Their counterparts. Uh, yes. In the Star Wars universe, okay? Uh, we're going to start with the most obvious one. We're starting with the legend, Lavelle Edwards. He's Yoda. Ooh, I Let me like tell you it. why, okay? Okay. Uh, he brought a certain sort of, uh, he brought a certain amount of relevance to, mm-hmm. um, you know, f- football in the state. He was very wise. He mm-hmm. knew how to delegate. He was a leader. Very good. Um, he was. He's an older spokesman, older <laughs> gentleman. Um, he, uh, like I said, very wise. Um, and uh, you know his his legacy lives on. Like sure. even after you know Yoda became one with the Force, like he was still directing Luke mm-hmm. through his abilities as a Force ghost. And the way that um, Lavelle shaped college football, you still see his fingerprints all over. And Absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if he's working his magic. From beyond. From beyond, <laughs> using the force to, you know, help out his beloved Cougars. And, you know, I think what with what Utah State did in 2018, I think that he was pulling some strings there for his alma mater as well. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and, like, let's just say... Lavelle Edwards' midichlorian count is off the charts. Oh, absolutely. Off the freaking charts. Yeah. And um, not only that, like much like Yoda, he influenced so many people. Yoda's coaching tree is insane. Yeah, for sure. Same with Lavelle. Well, when you live 900 years, yeah. you know, you're going to have a pretty good coaching tree. And, you know, same with Lavelle. You know, when he yeah. co- you coach for as long as he did, 31 years, yeah. uh, you're going you're gonna to have a major influence on college football and professional football, you know, like there's still people that are in Lavelle's coaching tree that are still making a major, major impact at both the college and professional level. And let's be honest, everyone loves Yoda. Everyone loves Yoda. Everyone Everyone loves Yoda. Everyone loves and respects Lavelle Edwards. Yeah. All right. I like that. Okay. The next one. We're going to go with uh, the jazz here. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's 
turn our attention to the court. We're going to do the mailman. Carl Malone is Qui-Gon Jinn. Ooh. Let me tell you why. Okay. Carl Malone, much like Qui-Gon Jinn, brought that um, that rebellious edge to a somewhat stuffy organization, right? <laughs> so Qui-Gon Jinn wasn't afraid to ruffle some feathers. Qui-Gon Jinn also wasn't afraid to elbow people in the face and break their skin. Uh, and... Carl Malone is just that tough kind of wise mentor that this Utah Jazz team needed, especially moving to this part of the country. Um, we needed someone to kind of show us how to be a badass, and that was Carl Malone. Yeah. Yeah, you need a guy who can be a mentor, and you know, you're looking for an identity in your franchise. Mm hmm. As a new upstart franchise, like Qui-Gon Jinn was the identity for the first prequel movie. He kind of set the tone right off the bat. He's this wise master, um, uh, you know, very strong willed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he wants his way and he feels like he knows what's best. And so he lets people know what he thinks is best. He's not afraid to shy away from sharing his opinion. For sure. And, uh, you know what? He had a great counterpart. And his apprentice, that brings us to number three, Obi-Wan Kenobi, which okay. is John Stockton. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, so Stockton and Malone, probably the one of our favorite tandems. Oh, for um, sure. You know, like, they're definitely a top three tandem mm-hmm. um, of any Star Wars character. Um, they're the best one of the prequels, the best one that was introduced in the prequels. Like, you know, the best moment in the prequels is the Darth Maul lightsaber fight. Oh, for sure. You know, the best part about the jazz was the Stockton to Malone pick and roll, <laughs> you know? Sure. And it led them to two championships. You know, they they came up a little bit short. You know, they got stopped by uh, dark forces. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're seeing shades of red with the bulls. Right. Red lightsabers. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they weren't the ones that could deliver. Uh, but you know what? They handed the reins on to someone who they could. And that brings us to number four. Yes. Donovan Mitchell is Luke Skywalker. Donovan Mitchell is Luke Skywalker, 100%. Donnie, start wearing a Jedi braid, bro. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, It's cool because Donovan also came out with uh, the Dons that were uh, like lightsaber blue. Yeah. for uh, Only for kids, by the way, which kind of sucks. Yeah, it does we suck. wanted some of those. But Donovan... Also had midichlorians off the charts, right? Oh, yeah. Like... He's still adding midichlorians. Oh, yeah. He's still adding midichlorians. He's sl- he's slowly learning as the as the seasons go by. Um, but Donovan's going to be a Jedi Master, dude. He's already showing yeah. those flashes. Um, raw talent that had to be um, reined in by a organization that is just used to, to refining talented jedi mm-hmm. um and yeah well the thing is too is he he delivered in a dark period oh yeah i like that so donovan comes into the jazz organization and take takes the mantle right after the jazz are betrayed <laughs> by gordon hayward turning to the dark side uh-huh. 
And you know what? Donovan steps in. He he takes the mantle and he delivers, man. And he he brought balance. He brought balance to the, to the force. Team. He brought balance to the team. Balance to the force. Same with Luke Skywalker. You know, all the Jedi are gone. They're in. Um, you know, they're in hiding. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Luke Skywalker comes up and he delivers. You know, he he's had a couple of. Uh, it took him some time to learn and. Um, he ha- he went through some bumps. Yeah, you know, he, Luke lost a hand. Mm-hmm. Um, Donovan is working on dropping his floater and shooting threes more. <laughs> uh, no, all joking aside, um, you know what? By the time, and I'm going to make this case for a couple other people, you know, by the time the third installment came around, yeah, Luke was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. He's like a Jedi Master. He's ready to take on the dark side of the Force. And can't you just Same see... with Donovan. He's entering his third season. Yeah, We're yeah. starting to see that progression. He's mm-hmm. made a huge leap. And uh, I think he's ready to take on the dark side of the force, the Lakers, the Clippers, yeah. the Rockets. Maybe this is the year he finally takes down the Rockets in the playoffs. Oof. Restores Imagine. balance. And I was just going to say, like, can't you see like, if if the Jedi Temple had like statues of Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, like, Luke would fit in just perfectly. Yeah. When all is said and done, right? Yeah. A statue of Luke. Build that statue. Build the statue, baby. Build it. Okay. Uh, we're going to stick with the jazz for okay. another. Okay. This one is going to combine into into two because um, this is just an inseparable oh, absolutely. tandem. You know, you got, you got Chewbacca, you got Han Solo, and their counterparts are Joe Ingles and Rudy Gobert. <laughs> I like it. Okay. <laughs> Joe Ingles is Han Solo because he's a sharp shooter. Mm-hmm. He is, again, an independent guy. He wants to do his own thing. He loves to talk smack. He's very witty. Yes. Creative. Oh, my goodness. Um, You know, he's got just this level of swag. He's that's a gunslinger. Kind of, yeah, he's a gunslinger. He's got this weird level of swag that you don't really expect, but, yeah. like, he's so charming that you really um, you are just delighted him. by him. Oh, for sure. Um, And then, you know... Chewbacca is like this cornerstone. Like he's one of the few guys that has made a physical appearance in the prequel trilogy, the original trilogy, and the sequel trilogy. Ooh. Plus, he appears in Solo. Yeah. So he's just been there forever. Rudy is a cornerstone of this yes. franchise. He's been around forever. He's like, you know, the face of the jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, they built an identity around him. Um. He, you know, strong defense. He's always got his teammates back. Uh, if they don't, if they, um, if they mess up or something, like Chewbacca's always there to save them. Mm-hmm. Whether it's getting them out of a out of a tight space with the Millennium Falcon, or yeah. you know, showing up with his crossbow or ripping droids' arms off, like he's always yeah. there to deliver. I like it, and also like just like you said, they're inseparable. Um, much like Han, like when he's by himself, he doesn't do like super great, but when they're together, that oh chemistry, goodness, baby, that chemistry, that chemistry. Also, Chewie and Rudy both speak different languages. Yeah. And, uh, they're both tall as hell. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's do the next one. Let's get, let's stay with the, the uh, we're let's not get, staying with the jazz. No, we're not staying with the jazz, but we're going back to football, but we're going to, we're going to delve into the dark side just a little bit. Ooh. Just a little bit. Okay. We're going to tease the dark side. Just get in there. Number six, Urban Meyer as Emperor Palpatine or as Darth, Darth Sidious. Darth Sidious. 
this is just is so explained. It's it's please. He came in and infiltrated. You know, he had a lot of early success in his career. Uh Palpatine as a senator had just an astronomical rise to Supreme Chancellor. Super fast. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he he gave himself powers. He moved Uh, the pieces around. He moved the pieces around to maneuver himself. Uh He came busting down against the Trade Federation. Same with Urban Meyer against the BCS. Yes. You know, Urban Meyer came knocking on the BCS door. He ruffled some feathers. And you know what? He moved on to bigger and better things. Uh And he supplanted himself as one of the most powerful people in college football. Same with the Emperor. He was one of the most powerful people in uh, in the entire galaxy, you know, he became yep. emperor of the galaxy, and yep. uh, yeah, this the rise was consistent and steady, and much like Urban Meyer, Emperor Palpatine kind of came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, Bowling Green. Whoever heard of that place? Yeah, like, but you know, with slow wins against his foes, he built a name for himself until it was too late. Yeah, same with Palpatine already, out of Naboo. You like nobody yep. saw it coming, nope. and all of a sudden. Now he's at Ohio State wrecking people. And well, he's not even late. at Ohio State well, anymore. He's moved on. I mean, he's looking for a new place to conquer. The peak of his power. Yeah, at the peak of his power. Okay, um, sticking with the Utes, Boba Fett. This is going to be rough. <laughs> We're going to get just... some people. We're going to ruffle some feathers on this one. <laughs> Boba Fett. Okay, he's the 2019 Utah King. Okay, <laughs> so you have this mysterious bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. A lot of expectations. There's all this, you know. You hear about it. Let's go back to ni- the 1970s yeah. and 80s, you know. Okay. You get this this cameo appearance of this guy in mm-hmm. the original Star Wars movie. He makes another appearance in uh, Empire. Yep. And you're like, okay, you know what? Mm-hmm. I like what I see. They got some cool helmets, some cool gear. Like, they've made it they got through swag. unscathed, uh-huh. you know, for the most part. Uh, he's kind of a badass, like you said, Hema. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, uh, has a lot of promise, but you know what? He gets to the end of it, and he just gets knocked off by the most unsuspecting person. <laughs> it's a blind <laughs> Han Solo that sends Boba Fett into the Sarlacc pit. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And you know what? Same thing happened with Utah. Yes. Everyone's expecting them to be the badass in the playoff. They're saying, oh, you know what, if Utah, Utah or Oklahoma in right. in the playoff, you know, right. no one's talking about blind Han Solo, nope. unfrozen from the carbonite, <laughs> waving around and flailing and, flailing and <laughs> bumping Boba Fett into the Sarlacc pit. The Sarlacc pit is the Alamo Bowl. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, if he ends up going to Endor, that's like the college football playoff. But yeah. you know what, it ends up not happening. Boba Fett... You know, he does end up reemerging, but it takes a while. So the Utes will reemerge, but, you know, 2019, for as good as they were, it just, they weren't able to get the job done. And much like uh, the Mandalorian episodes now, everyone's waiting for Boba Fett to show up. Yeah. Legends canon, he's still alive. And so Utah fans will be waiting for another reappearance of this 2019-like Utah uh, team. Yeah. For sure. All right, Hemo, let's uh let's delve back into I guess the hero side of things. Yeah, let's go down south. Okay. Let's go to our man, Kalani Sitake. Kalani Sitake. Sitake. He is Ray. Ray Johnson. I don't know what her last name is. What is Skywalker? <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. 
Spoiler know. alert. Spoiler alert. Kalani is Ray. Why don't Kay. you tell us why? Ah, uh, okay. Where to where to start? Okay. Um, you know, there's a lot of bigger when Kalani came in and took reins mm-hmm. of the BYU football program. A lot of high expectations. Um, kind of came in out of nowhere, and well, he was he was like always there, but like you weren't expecting him to come on to the scene when he did. For sure. I think people were expecting Bronco to be around for longer than he ended up being. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't think that Bronco was going to move on, and um, they weren't ready for a new hero yet, if yes. that makes sense. Yes. Now, with Kalani, he stepped in, and you know he had a great debut. That 2016 season, really mm-hmm. impressive. Um, they finished 9-4. and four. Uh, you know, a couple small misses, you know, yes. they, they, um, grab a hold of Luke's lightsaber and kind of panic over what they see, the visions they're disturbing. Yes. Um, but you know what, at the end, you know, they finish strong. Uh, they knock down Kylo Ren and they're ready to <laughs> take on the first order. But you know what happens the next season? That four and nine season. That's the yeah. last Jedi. Okay. <laughs> four and nine is the last Jedi. And that is the main comparison that I'm going to make. Okay. The second installment just wasn't quite impressive. Now, luckily for Kalani and co, yeah. the BYU Cougars, you know what? They reset. They got a new director, a new offensive coordinator. We saw some improvement. You know, it's yeah. not quite that 10 and 3, 11 and 2 season that, you know, yep. you really want. It's not that perfect Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It's, it's good. Just not great. It's good. And I think that's what... That's just what I'm hoping. I like it that the that Rise of Skywalker is is that it's just it's it's good to great. I I, I know what you're talking about. I also think that this is a great comparison because, um, much like Ray Kalani Satake is still pretty raw as a head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see flashes of like stellar force ability. Yeah, taking down evil teams like Wisconsin and uh, just. Tennessee, USC, like things like that. But then you see the inexperience and um, the weaknesses mm-hmm. of this character. The so, doubt. The doubt. The and, doubt uh, that's cast about the past and, yep. uh, you know, race lineage and parenthood and, you know, why she was left on Jakku. Mm-hmm. Um, and so only only time will tell. Yeah. If only our time hero will tell. Comes out victorious. I think so too. I think so too, Hema. Um, that's going to bring us another BYU tie. This might be my favorite one. Bronco <laughs> Mendenhall is C-3PO. Okay. That dude is a freaking cyborg Android <laughs> droid that just struggles to understand like sarcasm, basic yeah. human tendencies. Uh, you know, like I was just watching, um, uh, episode seven. Mm-hmm. The Force Awakens the other day, and like the first line that we see C3PO, you might not recognize me because of my red arm. Yeah. You know, like that's totally like a Bronco thing. Hey, it's me, Bronco Mendenhall. You might not recognize me because of my Virginia Cavaliers hat. Yeah. Like, dude, you're still the same guy. Like, take off the hat. We recognize you. You know, yeah. like, yeah. He was hard to relate to, but you know what? There's just this weird personality trait that he has that like yep. makes him kind of endearing to you. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like adorable he's the golden boy you know For he's sure. got the golden hair the surfer yeah. golden hair same with c3po he's made a gold gold plated um both were manufactured on tatooine no it, 
Bronco is like inextricably like forever he will be tied to the BYU program. Yeah. Even like he's done phenomenal things at Virginia, but he will always be the BYU head coach that won a buttload of games. Yeah. And much like that, C3PO will always be tied to the rebel side. He will always be a part of the good um side of the force. Forever. Yeah. No matter how weird and annoying he may be. <laughs> and C3PO, you know, just like uh C3PO um, you know, his master is Darth Vader. <laughs> and uh, Bronco's master is Kyle Whittingham. That brings us actually to number 10. Let's go. Kyle Whittingham is Darth Vader. I love it. Okay. You know, this guy is the ultimate badass. Yeah. He went on and just conquered the galaxy uh-huh. um, after learning from his master, the Emperor. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, <clears throat> you know, I could see Wit. Just picking up one of his assistants by the neck and just choking him. Oh yeah, you he's know? scary. Yeah, like he's a scary guy. Like I, I'm scared to ask wit questions for sure in press conferences. But at the same time, like you know that there's that side in him. Plus, like the whole yeah. he went from the light side to the dark <laughs> side. Like that's the most obvious comparison. Yeah, and I, I, I am sorry that it took me that long to get there. But you know what? Like he was like the chosen one. He you was know? the chosen. He was one. the chosen one. Like. Of all the guys that come up out of Lavelle's coaching tree, yeah. like Kyle Whittingham is the most promising one to end up being the next head coach at BYU. What does he do? He goes to BYU's rival. And no, I'm not saying that Utah is the Sith and BYU <laughs> are the Jedi. You know what? We could totally swap this the other way around, but you know what? The blue and red thing just works, okay? Yeah. It Plus, works. Like, shut up. Darth Vader is cool. Darth Vader's so cool. He's so cool. Yeah. So... Plus, you know what? Just like Darth Vader, Kyle Whittingham has a bunch of assistants, mainly mm-hmm. offensive coordinators that you know aren't super accurate. They have a whole bunch of uh, <laughs> <laughs> the accuracy chart just isn't there, so they're getting replaced year in and year out. Yeah, just like the stormtroopers, <laughs> there's just a hundred of them that they can just throw at people all willy nilly. You know, yeah. they don't care. They don't care. And you know what? When all is said and done. Wit is going to be the most powerful coach to have ever come out of this state, I think. Oh, absolutely. And this, he's the highest paid coach. He's the highest valued. He's the face, the cornerstone yeah. of you know what Utah football is in the time since um, Lavelle retired. Mm-hmm. You know, he's identi- identifiable. Like people yes. just associate Utah football with Kyle Whittingham. And that's why we made the comparisons. Yeah. Um, that was great. We're going to have to do this again. No, we'll, we'll, we'll do this again for sure. Um, that was a lot of fun. Um, Shout out to Madison Hakehouse for this idea. Yeah. This is a good This idea. was awesome. And uh, I can't wait to watch the new Star Wars movie. Oh, I can't wait either. I have, so I've been wa- working through my rewatch, um, and all I have left yeah. is The Last Jedi. This is the first time I've watched The Last Jedi since I saw it in theaters. Oh, okay. I never rewatched it. And so okay. I'm very interested to see what I think of it. Where can you find it? It's not on Disney Plus. It's on Netflix. Okay, it's on Netflix. It will be on Disney Plus, I believe, on December 26th. Oh, yep. super close. So if uh, if you guys are holding out to see Rise of the Skywalker, you can mm-hmm. wait till December 26th mm-hmm. to see it on Disney Plus and then move on. Oh. Um, but I think that's all we have for tonight's show. Hema, do you want to take us out? Yes, I do. Thank you for listening to Sports Beat After Hours. We love you guys. We appreciate it. Check out all the rest of our content on kslsports.com, all our other good podcasts. And watch our show, Sports Beat, on the weekends. I am Hema Hemingway Jr. He is Zachary Hicken. 
Good night, everybody. May the force be with you.